0: Welcome back to the Thundersticks podcast. I am your host Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be giving you all a game preview of the Thunder Lakers game, just some things to expect from that one, as well as Kevin Porter Jr. So let's get right into it. So, yeah, first off, the matchup against the Clippers. This one is going to be at 9 p.m. And I think this is probably our latest start of the year. Uh, I'm not completely sure about that. But I don't even remember 9 p.m. starts happening. Maybe I'm just so, like, I don't know. Maybe due to the pandemic and all this stuff, I'm just so out of it when it comes to remembering that stuff like that. I remember 8.30 games. Um, I don't really know about, like, 9, 9.30 30. I take it back actually, because I just remembered like there's always those games that last till 12 or 1 in the morning. Those are probably the 9:30 but I just haven't remembered seeing the Thunder in one of those. Maybe because we're never one of the marquee matchups that the big networks are pitching, but it is what it is. So we're gonna be playing them at 9 p.m. and I mean we're entering at six and seven. We want to get back to that seven and seven margin. Well, the Los Angeles Clippers, they currently sit at number 2 in the West right now with their 11 and 4 record in the in the West. And there's actually a bit of a tiebreaker going on. It seemed like the Lakers kind of just ran away with the number 1 seed to begin the year, but there have been teams picking back up. And Utah surprisingly is 11 and 4, and so is the Clippers. So For them, getting a W today is very big because it could get them as high as the number one seed in the West if they're able to defeat us. And the Clippers, I mean, they didn't start this year out too hot. They actually have won their last five games by a pretty solid margin. They started off their five game with a three-point win versus the Bulls. They beat the Pelicans by five, and then they had a Statement 38-point win versus the Sacramento Kings. And they just have been on fire ever since. I mean, they beat the Pacers by 33 points. And then their last one, they beat the Kings by 19. So they have had three blowout victories in a row. And for us, you know, we're 2-5 in our last five games. We've been blown out, I'd say two out of those five games and I'd say that Lakers game you know we were just a bit outmatched there losing by 29 and then this Nuggets game that we just came off of we only lost by 18 Denver was really controlling the game for a while though but yeah we are still we're still looking to push for a W tonight and we have a similar situation where Al Horford is still gone because he is tending to his newborn child, so good for him. And then he also we also have to mention like Ty Jerome and Ariza, right? So those are the three usuals as of now, but there is a new player added, and it is for a new reason. Josh Hall has been added to the health and safety protocol list, and he has been the first Thunder player to be tacked on to that board. Now, I don't know if there's been any other teams in the league that have not dealt with any health and safety, like contract tracing stuff, to this point yet, but I would like to believe the Thunder have kind of contained the virus extremely well, because we have not caused any postponements, and as you can see here, we are already a month through the year, and now we finally are first getting our case, you know, the first case, so... Good on our, our medical staff and everyone involved, just limiting stuff. Looks like Josh Hall will have to be sitting this one out though. And it really sucks because Josh Hall just came off his best performance so far in the league. With those six points he had, really just displaying good ball handling for a six foot eight frame, good slashing, and then the shot wasn't falling, but kinda reminded me a bit of Baisley, if I'm be honest with you. I think he'll be able to hit hit his shots one of these times but we're not going to see it in this one since he's gone so there will be other people having to step up and with him gone as well as the other three it's going to be pretty much a similar roster as usual get ready to see a lot more of isaiah roby isaiah roby has been playing pretty well as a starter and i'm actually intending on making like just a piece dedicated to him in the next couple of days on my website. Uh, KyleSingler4MVP.com But yeah. I'm planning on posting something about him. He's been so spectacular. And he's had to have so many more minutes. Than what was expected for him. I mean. He just came off of playing 26 in the last one. 26 against Chicago. He's been playing 20 plus. For pretty much these last five games. And then he'll have times where he's playing a ton. And then times where you hardly even see him at all. So he's adjusted. He solidified himself. And now he has another chance to make a uh, make some noise at the starting five position. So we're going to see a lot more small ball. Expect to see a lot more high pick and rolls with Isaiah Roby in this game. And I'll go into that in a little bit. But I think that's really your main motive. It's going to be primarily trying to attack the basket off that high pick and roll and if there's nothing inside you're looking at the three ball that's just the way i see things but uh yeah so i mean i think that's how we have to adjust to our game plan with our four players out for the clippers they don't have a single person out so their game plan has not been modified whatsoever they're gonna have all the heavy lifters here they're gonna have Kawhi, paul george Abaka, Marcus Morris, Batum, Lil Will, Kennard. You got everybody right here. So they have so many scoring options. And even on defense, I mean, you have all-class players like PG, Kawhi, and Patrick Beverly. So they have a lot of pieces there. And hell, even Serge ibaka You know, we can never forget about him. But yeah, they just got players all across the board that can do a lot of damage and that's why we need to be playing at a very high level in order to be able to stop the Clippers today and I think the main source of attack should just be preventing the claw we do not want Kawhi Leonard to get into any sort of rhythm in this game he is averaging 25 points a night throughout the course of the year and I mean, we're not really sure who's going to be guarding him. You know, when you have PG and Kawhi, who are both around that three spot, I know George can convert down to the two. But those are two deadly wing players. We're going to have to see who Dort is defending. And I think it'd probably be Kawhi. I think Kawhi is more of that natural small forward. I don't really think you can move him down to the two. If anything, think he'd play at that four. But it just wouldn't work right now so I think Dort would probably be the guy on Kawhi and Dort has been shutting people down you want to see more of that from Dort he has been great on offense and defense Kawhi he can just get into those those little spurts where he's able to kind of post you down low into the mid-range and just pop it in your face he can do pull-ups or just try to go in Dort needs to go back to the Game 7 version where he's like clamping up on Harden, not giving anything to him. He needs to be playing that kind of defense on Kawhi Leonard because he has had multiple games this year where no one has had an answer to his play, and he has corralled them to like 30-plus points in their games. And their last game, for instance, he dropped 32, to give you an example. And there were games even past that where he was dropping 30. He's had two 30-performance games. Actually, correction, he's had three so far this year, and all the other ones have pretty much been 20-plus points. There's been a couple, you know, times where he hasn't cracked that 20-point mark, but every single game of the year, he has been over the 15-point mark. And in the month of January, get a load of this, he's shooting 49% from the three-ball. That cannot be happening. We do not want to see Kawhi Leonard turn into what Zach Levine was for the Bulls on, you know, whenever that was a couple games ago, because when Levine got hot, they didn't really have that second superstar. The Clippers do in Paul George. So you need to stop him from three. And if he's trying to go right into the body of Dort, look, I think Dort probably has the best body control in the NBA when it comes to contesting and then getting his arms away. Or just getting himself away before someone can call a whistle. I, I want to see Dort trying to force him down low. Because I think if he's able to get a pop him from three, that's when things may get cooking. But on that same token, if he's going down low, and you have you know their bigs down low, like Abaka as well, could that lead to a lot of points in the paint? Probably. So you it's really like an option thing where... I don't know. You could go for the gamble on the threes, but also the way Dort's been doing, you should probably trust him if Kawhi is trying to drive inside. That's just my thought, uh, train of thought there. But you also have Paul George, and don't be sleeping on Paul George. I know us being OKC fans, I, I didn't really go with the playoff P thing, but, you know, he-, he definitely did not play that well when it mattered for us. So he kind of has this little reputation around here where it's not that good but he is a great player he's averaging 24.6 rebounds and near six assists thus far in the season and at times he's looked better than Kawhi Leonard has so he has the same scoring threat as Kawhi and George Hill will be the dude guarding PG if all this stuff stacks out so I think the riskier prediction would say would be saying Kawhi would outscore PG because if PG has that you know like 6 inch height advantage on George Hill he should be able to get things going because he's been a small forward for most of his career dropping back down to shooting guard playing against an undersized guy like Hill he he should be able to get get the ball rolling and every single game In the month of January for him, just like Kawhi, has been spectacular. He's only had one game where he hasn't cracked 20 points this month. And that was last game when he dropped 19 points on 8 of 14 shooting. So it wasn't even that bad. He's been also the other guy boosting them up. And look, he has also been shooting very high from 3. It's actually higher than Kawhi has been shooting this month. He's shooting 50 two percent from downtown on near eight attempts a game so the three will need to be prevented from both of those guys you can't let either of them get a shot from deep you need to get them in and just not let them stretch out the perimeter you want other guys on the roster like the batoums of the world the abakas of the world trying to be creating the shots and hell you don't like it because lou will always kills us But even Lou Will or Lou Canard off the bench. You want them to be the guys who have the big stat lines. We don't want the usual stars to be getting all the buckets for them. So shutting those guys down should be a very high priority. But you also need to remember that we are rolling out a lineup, an ultra small ball lineup, where Roby is going to be the big. And Serge Ibaka is their center right now. And they also have Ivaka Zubac who you do not want to be sleeping on. Zubac is a great center. He's coming off the bench for them, but he could probably be starting for us right now. But yeah, anyways, with Ibaka, he's going to be going down low. He's going to be active on defense. We've seen him for years. We know exactly how Ibaka likes to play, and he has stretched his range out to the mid-range. The three ball has not been there this season for him. In his last 10, he's only shooting 26 from deep but you don't want to sleep on him so I think if he wants to shoot from three let him if he gets hot you need to help out the mid-range he's always seemed consistent to me and inside driving in on a guy like Roby I think he will be able to get shots however he doesn't have the same weight advantage as the typical center he's more of that four converted into a five but unlike Roby where he's like almost an under five four I mean, Abak is six foot ten, so six foot ten for a center is not that bad. It's just he's only two thirty five. Roby's six eight, 230. so the weight is pretty much evened up. So I think it'll be a lot more of a dog fight than people may make it out to be inside, and I think Roby will have more success on the defensive things in this game. Uh, I'm saying that even though he had a career high in steals last game, but I do think Roby we'll have a step up in terms of making sure Abaka doesn't go off for like 30 30 points. I think Jokic had like 27 or 28 in our last game. So yeah, Roby needs to be shutting down on Abaka. If we can get him shut down, should help. You also need to keep inviting Zubac though. So points in the paint will be an emphasis. And that three ball, particularly from PG and Kawhi. If we get those shots from other players it's a-okay with me if they're falling they're falling but I just don't want it from their main stars and then we don't want them going in so for us I think we just need to stick to trying to work in that high ball screen I think Roby is very very great at it I know Abaka is a lot more mobile than people would like to make it out to be But you still need to be trying it out. And early on, one thing that I have seen is we have just reverted to attacking the basket over and over again instead of going for threes. And the way we built up our early leads in the early parts of the year, we're just going for three ball after three ball and trying to get hot. And these are off of guys like George Hill, Dort, and Baisley. That's not how it's worked so far, and Dort has gotten incorporated, but it's not in the early parts. It's like the third quarter where he'll get hot from three. George Hill's not shooting as much, and Baisley has been shooting in the early parts, but just not at a high percent. So I want them to kind of go out the gates and try to shoot the three ball a ton, but if that does not work, that's when you go back to the high ball screen and try to get things going, because SGA did not have his typical 20 plus performance in the last game. I think he had like 14. And that's because the paint was shut down. If the three's there and he has the lane, I'm taking him over Beverly and Zubach or Abaka, whoever you want to throw there. I'll, I'll take him and then I'll take Roby driving to the basket over those guys. Even though we all know Abaka can reject some shots. So it starts with SGA and Roby. And then you also need to look at Dort again, who has been, without a doubt, our best player this past week. Uh, He has had so much praise just around every NBA circle. I'm a little bit mad because I drafted Dort in my fantasy league. It was like a points league. And I cut him, like immediately, because the thought was that he'd be inconsistent when it came to racking up points. And on defense... He does stuff that doesn't get accounted for on the sheet. So a steal or a block, he doesn't have those as often as you'd think. Shot contests, if those gave you a point, oh, he'd be the best player in the league without a doubt. But since it didn't work like that, I ended up releasing him for like Keldon Johnson or something, right? And I was going to pick him up a couple days ago. I was going to drop Kevin Love, who I'd been holding on to for whatever reason. Get back Dort, but someone snagged him and Dort is on the high streak of his life right now. And actually I don't even want to say that because I do think he's going to maintain everything. He's proved all there is when it comes to shooting, he's been as consistent as can be. And there have been people genuinely believing that Dort has been a better like is a better shooter than people like Trey Young. And if you're going down by percentages, that is true as of now in the year. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you this. He's a definite real shooting threat from deep. And teams have not played him like it. Once teams start adapting to his style, we'll see what happens here. Normally, he does have a lot of space to get his shots off. And with the gap shut down, I don't know if it always be there for him. But, you know, you need to trust Dort he's going to be probably one of our biggest players on offense because he will need to get the three ball going for us since these past three or so games he's actually led us in threes made but also on defense because he does have the biggest matchup with Kawhi Leonard facing up on him so Dort will need to be there on both ends and you know you want to see some good performances from Baisley. he did have a bit of a bounce back game from his rough patch he had I think he scored double digits in the game against Denver. Started slow. Started picking things back up. He's going to be up against a slow, very slow Nicholas Batum, who has played the 2, 3, and the 4 for the Clippers. He's just kind of the uh, the glue guy, maybe what we'd call our Kenrich Williams or Roby. Just plug him in whenever you want, and then he'll produce for you. That's Batum. But Batum's 32 He's not fast enough to catch up on Baisley. I think Baisley will have a path to the lane anytime he wants. It just... What matters is if he's looking to pass while he's driving or if he's looking to shoot. Because he was looking to initiate contact and jack up shots in his last streak when he had open players. And that's fine. Because it's all about the learning process. But you know, if he's able to make the correct reads and get open players the uh, correct shots... We could be on to something from downtown. And that probably would be our way to this game. If not for like turnovers or something of that essence. So really we just need the production from our main core of guys. And then also with Roby. I mean he's had those performances where he's getting double doubles. Should be another one of those games. I would hope. He led the team with offensive rebounds. He had 6 of our team's 9 last game. So... If he's able to be rebounding at such a high rate. I think we should be able to get a lot more second chance points. I know we got absolutely schooled against the Nuggets in our last one. But maybe we can maybe bounce back. When it comes to crashing the glass and putting shots up. And I think one of the main reasons we allowed Denver to get so many freebies really. Off of those second chances. Is because we quit going hard on the glass maybe like midway through the first quarter you know in the beginning of things all five of our guys were charging at the defensive rebounds and then you know we we went back to like two guys trying to run up and three guys trying to go for it that just didn't work against the nuggets and the ball either bounced right to them or they had a big to collect it they have height here you know even though Abak is not the joker and uh, they have Avaka still, and they still have people behind him who are pretty solid. I don't know if they're gonna have to dig too far down the line, but I think even Marcus Morris is a solid enough rebounder for them. Forgot to mention, they actually have Patrick Patterson, so hopefully we can get to a point, well no, not hopefully, well maybe, hopefully we can see Patrick Patterson in this game Uh, off of us blowing them out i don't really want it to be the other way around or we're getting blown out but we'll see if patterson even touches the floor in this one you can monitor him if you would like but for us all about the stars like i mentioned we want sga to be on attack mode if the shots inside is not there we need to go to the three ball and then attack hard on the glass shut down our primary guys and hey I think uh, even we could be looking at some more bench production from players such as Hamonu Diallo because if he's matched up on Luke Kennard for the majority of this game, I don't know how long uh, there's going to be one of George or Leonard on the floor. But if there's a matchup where Diallo is faced up on Kennard, I want him to take it. I know he's been a bit cold here. But he definitely still possesses the skill to just school everyone inside. He'll be able to do some work on Kennard if given the chance in this game. So those are my takes on this one. If you guys have any takes on this one, make sure to tell me on Twitter before the game tonight. You guys can just find me with my name. That is my at. But yeah, that is my thoughts on this game and kind of just what we should be looking out for. And the other story I have for you guys today, it's a bit of a quickie, but I still think it's important to mention Kevin Porter Jr. He has been signed by the Houston Rockets, not signed. He was traded to the Houston Rockets for a protected second round pick. And this news was broken by shams of the athletic. And we had more sources like Woj giving the specifics like that. They only had to give up a protected second or whatnot. And all I can say is, wow, I mean, the Rockets have kind of just been searching for pieces that could be in their future, and Kevin Porter Jr., if he does get his act together, can be that kind of guy. He's a special talent who, without the issues, would have never been picked 30th. He was a lottery guy when it came to skill, just the attitude that kind of pushed him back and you know, put him in a spot where he was giving up for really nothing. The Rockets want to take on that risk. It's a high-risk, high-reward scenario for them. However, if it pays off, it pays off big time. He does have potential to be a star in this league. He's athletic. He can shoot. He has the mid-range pull-up. He can even dribble, you know? And on defense, he's he's actually good at getting blocks here and there. So he does have the skill really everywhere that you would like it. And the fact he's only 20 years old... Means he could really grow a lot more, if you know he's able to kind of Joe with this team. Because let's be real, this is probably his last chance. If the Rockets cannot have him in the rock- locker room, I don't know who's going to pick him up. Um, but for them, this is a home run. You know, they're giving out a lot of their future to us with our dra- with those draft picks. They want to be able to have a guy for their future right now they can build off of and this is probably their biggest piece so far they have christian wood who's 25 but they don't have any like really young kids who can ball out for them the only one i can think of is like kenyon martin jr but he was their second round pick porter jr has shown he can score 10 points a night with the Cavs last year and he had months where he was dropping like 20 every other day. He can't even drink alcohol, but he he looks like a blossoming star when everything, you know, in the locker room is managed. So, this is a home run deal for the Rockets as I said and if they're able to convert on this and Porter Jr. is cool with everyone, he's going to be a big part of their future i think the picks could actually get worse for us whenever you take into account the fact that kevin porter jr is getting tacked onto this team because he seriously does have all these skills necessary to be a great pairing with christian wood down the line victor oladipo probably is not in their future plans they're gonna trade him for draft picks they don't have their main dude that they're building on outside of wood kpj can be their guy and if he's able to keep building upon himself and get you know kind of just get back to no not having any issues in the locker room he could be very great in this league and this deal could be looked at as one of the biggest steals in the last 10 years so there's a lot of potential here with KPJ we got to see how things play out as of now I think the Rockets have the fourth worst odds at a pick so if you just yeah based on odds I mean the Rockets have a good shot at just keeping their pick right now with KPJ does it affect it I don't know I don't know what role KPJ is going to have immediately he may just be brought in for the first couple weeks to understand the system and then they'll start using him I'm not sure sure if they're just going to give him the keys right away seeing how like everything is played out in his career and whatnot but i think by the end of the year they could really have something in him so you know i I thought that he probably would have not been traded traded for i thought he was more of like a a sign guy but it definitely makes sense why someone like the rockets would go after someone like porter jr it's a high risk well not well yeah i guess it could be a high risk high reward situation for them the second round picks not that much but you could have a very very great player down the line with porter on your squad so It'll probably just be like an ongoing story as well as all these other ongoing stories we have throughout the year. So if anything goes on with KPJ, I will make sure to keep you all updated since we do own a good bit of the Rockets' future down the line. But other than that, guys, that is going to wrap up today's podcast. I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.